Welcome back, everyone, to another Slab Stocks YouTube live show. My name is Aaron, your host. I'm joined by Nate every Monday. Nate was absent last week, though, so not really every Monday because Nate missed true. his first YouTube live stream. Yeah, well, we're going we're going like 99% here on uh, Mondays. Well, I'm 100%, so... <laughs> And if, if, GT Black, if GT Black was here, he uh, he might say you're a prism red, white, and blue now instead of a uh, optic pink hyper. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's up, Dwayne? How's it going? We got another great show today. Let me get this uh, little presentation up. And let, should we just get rolling here? Hey, there we are. What's up, uh, right. Zach? And uh, yeah, what's up, Zach? How's it going, Brody Gray? Welcome, welcome. And as everyone uh, saw in the title, I'm assuming. You saw we're talking at the beginning Whoa. about one second, one second. What? What's going on with your teeth, dude? Two of my teeth are shorter than my others. Really? Yeah. Wild. <laughs> Never <laughs> noticed. Yeah, two of my teeth are shorter than the others. All right, moving on now. Instead of looking at my teeth, we're talking about legends. And the first question was prompted uh, that made me think about this. Normally, I like to pick out a question from all the questions that you all submit. Uh, by the way, go into that description link and click the uh, Google form for next week to submit your question. But I like to pick out a question and start a conversation based off of that. So the question was, what do you consider D-Wade a GOAT? So first, we can answer this. Nate threw in some pictures here. And then we'll move on to the topic that's in the beginning or at the title of the video that says legendary basketball cards are booming right now because they are. So Nate... Explain why you put these pictures in here. Um, well, he is not the greatest of all time from an NBA standpoint. And he's, well, he's probably the greatest of all time from a Miami Heat standpoint, but not really because LeBron played there. But career-wise. Yeah, Wade, Wade's for sure a better, better Heat player than LeBron. But, but, greatest of all time for Marquette University basketball players that play in the NBA. And you have Dwayne Wade here on the left. Uh, number three, you've got Jimmy Butler, number 33 in the middle, and number 31 over here. Who's that, Aaron? Take a guess. It's really small. Oh, I can click on the presentation. Um, Dude, I, I got no idea, but it looks like – oh, Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers. Dude, it is I Doc did, Rivers. Look at that. Look at me pull that out of my – I, I am know. impressed. I did not think you would pull that out. <laughs> um, But, yeah, so uh, while he's not a GOAT, so to speak, he is a GOAT of Marquette men's basketball sports and why we like why we like Marquette is because they're from Milwaukee so there we go all right now moving on to the the beginning topic of the video so yeah I love D Wade myself too and let's check this out so Dwayne Wade retired obviously uh, gonna be in the Hall of Fame when his time comes up for that but November 2nd his tops Chrome PSA 10. Selling for $970 and $1,200, $1,100. Uh, most recently, as of yesterday, his Topps Chrome Rookie PSA 10 sold for $2,850. And just like briefly looking at from this zoomed out picture here, it doesn't even really look perfectly centered. So I'd imagine that a well-centered PSA 10 would be around 3 k right now, for sure, or maybe even more than that. And uh, that's insane because if you guys have followed the modern basketball market, it kind of succumbed a little bit to... Um, you know, a ton of hype going into the season. And then as performances started and maybe some players didn't play as well as expectations were put on them, or even if they just played well, but not insanely well, uh, their prices dipped, which is kind of what happens when, you know, stuff runs up fast then the, the demand goes away a little bit. People start to sell and take those profits, even if it's not the peak profit. And then the prices fall a bit. Well, you're not really seeing that with these legendary basketball cards. Um, while that Dwayne Wade was from November 2nd, and there are a lot of modern basketball cards that are still up from that time, uh, this D. Wade hasn't dipped at all since then. It's only really went up. And uh, moving on, even from Dwayne Wade, of course, Kobe Bryant. Uh, tomorrow is the one-year um, anniversary of when he died, which is super sad. I mean, that was a very impactful day for myself and many, 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 many basketball fans out there. Um, super sad. But even from December 21st, so I would say from December 21st until today, uh, you would probably find a ton of modern PSA nines and tens that have fallen in price, you know, 20 to 25% maybe. Uh, well, this Kobe is only doubled in price. And then move on to Allen Iverson from December 21st. Also, $1,600 PSA 10 tops Chrome. Now it's up to $2,400 as of January 24th yesterday. And that's over that same time frame that we're talking about when modern is, you know, dropping in price. 
And then you look at this Jordan Nike promo PSA 9 from 1985. I do have this card. It's one of my top three favorite of my collection, so I'm not selling it. So I just want to make that clear while showing this. But uh, this card went from 1825 and 2200 on the 30th and 1st of December up to 4000 as, as of yesterday. So really, if you look at the ba modern basketball market, a lot of people might say, oh, card market's going down. Less people are buying. But really what it comes to is more people are just shifting their money into something else right now. Um, and that's clearly the basketball legends. And if you look at even, you know, Jordan's Fleer rookie card, no matter the grade, all of them are booming right now. It really seems like even the scarce basketball cards of the modern ones, not really um, as much as the high pop ones, which are falling, but some of the scarce ones are still doing really well. And uh, it's just kind of crazy to see, you know, like I know a lot of people in this chat are probably really huge fans of old basketball cards. I see a lot of you guys going at it right now and the comments talking about it. Uh, it's, it's a, uh, it's an interesting world right now with, with the card market because you see different waves come at different times. And right now it seems to be the 90s and 80s and early 2000s basketball cards that are really going nuts in late 2000s also. And then you're, obviously your guys are playing really, really well right now. Um, those guys are going up a lot in the NBA, but a lot of that money is kind of shifting away from that uh, higher pop stuff. People are probably taking their profits and maybe putting into stuff like this, which is why you see a lot of these cards going up in price quickly. Nate, any thoughts on this or is this kind of in line with how you see the market or view the market in general? Um, I mean, there's, there's Dwayne says, I get all the vintage chasing, but a lot of these guys are going to be on people's minds and people's on the minds of people in two to three years. I love Wade Iverson, but they are not goats. Well, they're not goats, but when you're thinking about top guys of an era, right? If you're thinking about top guys of the, 2000s 2000 to 2010 right you're gonna think lebron and you're obviously gonna think Dwayne wade and i think that's big for the future so while i love a lot of what Dwayne has to say i don't think i necessarily agree here because uh it's one of those things that you're gonna get 20 year olds that maybe aren't into cards right now or are into cards but when they're 40 and they have more money and they look back at who was really good when they were 12 it's gonna be Dwayne wade I like this one from uh, Joel here because if you look at uh, 1996 Topps Finest Kobe Bryant rookie card, we just broke the 96 Finest box on Friday. It was a super fun opening. We pulled two Kobe Bryant rookie cards, which is absolutely crazy. Um, I don't know if you all watched that break, but we pulled the Kobe in the first four packs. So it's at pack number three, we pulled Kobe. By the pack number 21 came around, it recycled the exact same order, the exact same cards for the first four packs of the box. So 1 through 20 were all different. 21 through 24 followed the first four packs exactly the same to the T. There might have been one different card in the back of it because it was a silver card, um, which fall like one in every four packs. So that card changed, but every other card was the exact same. So if you don't hit Kobe in the first four packs of your box, you're probably only going to get one. We got two. We also got two of Ray Allen. But uh, it was pretty wild and... Those cards are very tough to grade. I freshly pulled two out of the box. They looked really, really good, actually. Like everything I would say was either mint or gem mint, aside from the centering. The centering was pretty far off, enough to make it probably an eight and a half to a nine if you're lucky, just based off the centering. So it's not even as much as like <clears throat> making sure that these surfaces are perfect. And let's be real, how many people are actually opening 96 tops finest boxes? Like I was fortunate enough to because other people helped us open it because other people bought packs. How many people are just opening up a box in front of them right there uh, trying to grade the cards? Probably not too many because there's not even that many out there available to purchase right now. So really what you're buying from is a picked over market on eBay. And once that happens, these cards weren't probably treated as well as they are today now where people automatically take it, penny sleeve, card saver, top load, right to PSA. Um, those cards from the 90s and the early 2000s are going to succumb to a lot of surface scratching especially when you get like a 96 finest with that clear cellophane on top, uh, those, those scratch really easily. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's really, I would say like looking at even a card like this, I'd say on this list that I just showed the card that's going to the least demand going forward is probably this Iverson, even though that the, it was worth more than the Wade for, I'd say mo quite some time, maybe uh, Iverson probably is the least demand out of all these cards. And this specific card at $2,400, comparing it to like what some of the modern day pop 15,000, 20,000 cards are out there, it seems like an absolute steal. And I'd venture to guess that this car is maybe a 
pop six, seven hundred. I know that that might not be a perfect guess, but I'd have to look it up. And or someone else could look it up in the chat and say, just so we know for sure, and I can read it off. But uh, with that being said, if no one else has anything else to say in it, or Nate doesn't have anything else to say in it, Nate, if you do, feel free to toss in now. Nothing. Nothing else to say. So basically, the point is here is that 90s and two, early 2000s and late 2000s cards are doing really well. I think that people are understanding the pop reports um, and how those values compare to modern cards. I don't think this is just going to be like a never-ending thing where like all these cards just keep going up because basically what's going to happen is when people see that modern basketball dips enough, they'll buy back in and then it'll go back up. That's kind of like how it has been cycling for a long, long time now. But uh, moving on from that, Slapstacks breaks Wednesday and Friday was pretty crazy. We hit the Ronaldo red sapphire soccer number five that was one of the craziest pulls we've had and an early holland and ansu fati in the next box so there's only two boxes worth right there and then th those are the two kobe's that we pulled this week um you can see his centering on them it looks a little better in that photo versus a flat scan i must say so it, it does look a little worse on a flat scan how was the centering on the ray allen's Ray Allen was pretty was good. Ray Allen was about dead center, but the first one that we pulled had a ding on the corner coming out of the pack because what happened was when you get those cards out of the box, the last card sometimes sticks because it's flipped around. So it's stuck in the pack to where one was shifted up, one was shifted down. So it kind of was like pressing against the, the, the foil really hard, and I think it might ding one of the corners. But the center is really good. The second one looked really, really good, so... That was cool. And the, the Steve Nash was pretty off-center. The Allen Iverson was pretty off-center, too. We got those guys also. So we hit all the major rookies and two Kobe's, which is crazy. And for next week, um, the box you see on the right, when we talk about – I was talking about late 2000s cards. And the 2008 Topps Chrome Basketball says probably, in my opinion, the third best Topps Chrome Basketball set ever made. Um, some people are probably going to have differing opinions on that for me, but I think 96 Topps Chrome with the Kobe rookie – 2003 tops chrome with the lebron rookie you could probably say 2007 tops chrome with a kd rookie 98 with dirk 97 with tim duncan but 2008 tops chrome has the biggest non-rookie card i think that will be in existence aside from like exquisite patch autographs from the mid-2000s excluding that talking about non-autos uh the kobe lebron dual card is ridiculous the lebron chalk toss card is ridiculous um, we got all the other big name guys like Katie and, um, you know, Kevin Garnett and all those other really big 2000s basketball players, but also Derek Rose and Russell Westbrook and Kevin Love rookies. It's a, it's a crazy set. The X Factor number 288 of Kobe and LeBron PSA 10 just sold for 22.5K yesterday. That's $22,500. And we actually already sold out of this box today. I listed it at like 130. It sold out in an hour and a half. So come on Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern time to watch the Topps Chrome box get broken on Friday. I'm very excited for that. And then also we still have a couple of spots left in our contenders. This is our kickoff contenders break. This is going to be a really great break. I'm excited to see what contenders has. It's first off the line. So head over to slapstocks.com slash shop if you guys want to get involved for Thursday with Nate because Nate's coming to open some baseball and football. Oh, and the uh, baseball, last time I checked, it, it's going to be 2020 Bowman and 2020 Bowman Draft Sapphire. Yep. Yep. Two boxes of Bowman Draft Sapphire and then Jumbo box of uh, 2020 Bowman. So three autos in that. That'll be a fun one. There's a few spots left in that too. So a couple of spots left in this week's breaks. They'll probably hopefully, you know, fill up throughout the rest of the week. And Thursday, Nate will be breaking for us. And then Friday, we got that huge box of tops chrome. And tomorrow we start Slapstocks breaks at 3 p.m. Eastern time for our first basketball of the week. But also go into the description of this video and join the Discord. The link is there. Easy access, talking a lot of market talk with different people in our channels. It's a really fun time. All right, now onto the questions. Thanks guys for listening to that. And we are going to get into the questions. Brody, thank you so much for jumping down that Topps Chrome break. I see you down there. Really appreciate that. Rank in order, Golds, Galactics, Zebra, and Tiger Stripes. This was from Vegas Breaks. And I put in, I tried to find as many Shea cards as possible just because I like Shea a lot. But there was no Galactic that was available, um, any sales that were available or any listed that were available. So I pulled Colin Sexton because he is the most recent rookie PSA 10 to sell. The gold on the far left is number 10. PSA 10 sold for around $3,000 December 21st-ish. The Colin Sexton just sold on Buy It Now, $1,500 Galactic PSA 10, I think, yesterday or today. I'm assuming that's a steal because that was a Buy It Now that was hit. $1,500 seems way too cheap for a Galactic, which is one of the rarest and best-looking parallels in the industry right now. 
Um, that felt really, really cheap. I know that Sexton people have different opinions. I love the comment he made. Nate and I, Nate and I were talking about that after the Nets game or before the Nets game. But uh, there's that. And then Zebra PSA 10, not numbered, case hit from select. That sold for 3000 as well, but that sold within the last few days. So the Shea Gold PSA 10 sold over a month ago. The Zebra sold in the last few days. So I don't really know how much the gold would sell for today. But also the Tiger Stripe PSA 10, that's from Prism, not from Select. And that PSA 10 of Shea sold for a 10 grand buy it now. I don't know how legit that is. Uh, it says it sold, but as we know, sometimes things can get returned or canceled or, or whatever. Um, that was on Christmas. On December 8th, one sold for 6,500. So let's just put it at like, I don't know, seven and a half K to call it, you know, conservatively. First off, I am counting out that Tiger Stripe so fast. Anything that's that expensive and not numbered, I will leave every day of the week. Like just, I wouldn't even think about that card if it's over 7K to 10K and you have an option of these other three. Um, I know that the Zebra isn't numbered either and neither is the Galactic, but those aren't like 7.5 to 10K. The Select Zebra is cool because these were around for way longer than the Prism Tiger, Tiger Stripe. I'm 99% sure for, actually I'm like 100% sure because I think those came in 2017 Select Tiger Stripe for Prism came in 2018 Prism, so that's not that far off. But Zebra was first, and then Tiger copied it. I like that because Zebra comes out of the hobby boxes. That Prism Tiger Stripe comes out of the Prism Choice boxes, which was an add-in to get more product out there. The Zebra was an original hobby-exclusive uh, case hit super short print. So I like those. But if you're comparing a gold number out of 10 versus a Zebra... For the same price, I know that that was a month earlier their sale, so I'm not exactly sure if it's. Uh, it'd probably go for over four or five k now. The gold, I'm still taking the gold all day from Select over all these. I'd also take the Galactic over the Zebra, um, given that those prices I think are probably around the same. Which I think I, I know it's Select's getting a ton of a ton of publicity and value increase right now, which um, I said last week, but we saw for a long time coming. So know that. Uh, we were in that land a long time ago. If you all followed Slab Stocks for a long time, I've been talking about selecting court sides for multiple years now. But uh, I love to see your guys' thoughts on that. I'm going gold, galactic, zebra, tiger stripe as it is on the screen and as it was asked in the question. Nate, Nate what's your order? Um, I'm also going with gold because you just can't go against uh, print runs, right? No yeah. print run runs anyways. Uh, and there's just something about the gold, even like tops chrome gold out of 50. I would rather have a gold than an orange, even though it's 25 less, just because it looks it looks great. You're talking about baseball. Yeah, but but I, I'm just saying gold all day, even if it's 10 or if it's 50. I love that. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going to disagree with you on the galactic. I just don't like I do not like revolution cards. What? Don't like them, dude. Never dude. have. Watched people rip so much of it at the shop. Never got into it. Never was excited about it. Uh, I I don't. I can't really explain why. I just don't really like the look of it. Revolution is one of my favorite sets. I'd say Select and Revolution are probably my two favorite sets. And then uh, I know that Revolution isn't like a that big of a investor set, but I think it can be. I like Revolution a lot. But obviously, Nate has a different opinion, just as it happens with a lot of people in the hobby. Yeah. Not everyone shares the same opinion. Otherwise. It'd be done. No one. Yeah. You know. It's not. It's not always about you know the end dollar amount. Sometimes it's about hey, do I like this card? And if somebody gave me the option to buy a Revolution a Galactic or a Select Zebra, I would buy the Select Zebra all day. I love the design. I love the look. You know, the court side always looks great in Zebra. Um, if you're lucky enough to get one of whoever you want to get one of, obviously way more expensive um, than the. Uh, uh, premier level is that premier yeah. or is that or so is that's that concourse and then concourse. it's premier and then it's uh the good old court side um and you know you could be you could be forgiven to thinking that maybe that's not a zebra stripe and like a marbling or something <laughs> right still yeah. looks cool talk to uh, me about that tiger stripe though but the tiger stripe maybe if it was a tiger stripe of joe burrow i'd be really on board right yeah but uh, I tell you, the orange, the orange just doesn't really go well with much, and so it's just not a great looking card to me. Yeah. Um, like imagine getting a Giannis with orange and green. Yeah, that's a bad combo. And I, so yeah, yeah. for me, I don't care what the price is. I mean, if I hit one, 
I'd happily sell it, <laughs> but uh, I wouldn't go out of my way to buy it. I like what I like what Zach just said from Premier Soccer Investing. The tiger stripe looks tacky and forced to me. That's kind of like how I always thought about it too. I I've always looked at the zebras as that's a cool case hit. Like that's really rare. It looks really cool. The black and the white goes well with any jersey color. Um, I've always felt that the tiger stripe looks gimmicky. It looks cheap. I could not understand for the life of me why a tiger stripe Luca be worth like 50k plus as a PSA 10 or more. You know. Like that just seems unbelievable to me. Go, I'll go find so many other sets that have better and cooler cards than a Tiger Stripe from Prism choice. <laughs> it just, it just doesn't have any last longevity to it. You know what it reminds me of? Not that, not that this is a uh, is a short printed card, but hypers. You know the green and the yellow hypers number to two seventy five from Prism. Oh, and- in football, well, yeah. I don't know why they didn't just make the hypers like they did in basketball. I love hypers in basketball. I think that they're awesome and hobby exclusive, but like the green and the yellow. I hate those cards. They do not look good. I don't like them either. I'd rather have a straight green all day, even if it's mm-hmm. not numbered, you know? Mm-hmm. All right. Here's a soccer question. And one that's been debated a lot recently on Instagram and social media for soccer cards. Do you think the fact that it is difficult to pinpoint what cards are players true rookie is going to hinder the growth of the soccer card market? I find it mildly frustrating and discouraging to dive deeper into soccer cards because of this. Should Panini do something about this? And if so, what should they do? So Panini has already started to do stuff about this, as has Tops. So if you go back a year and a half ago in the soccer card world, there are no rookie logos really anywhere. 2018 Immaculate and obsidian after that were probably some of the first like rookie logos put out by panini and then 2019 prism epl which you see on the left side of the screen here this is 2019 prism epl right here 2019 2020 we'll get into more discussion about that later but if you go back there are not many rookie logos aside from like some tops releases from 2016 premier gold and stadium club let's just ignore those because those happened and then they stay so it doesn't really matter right now because only a very few amount of cards have that so when you're buying like 2016 select Pulisic rookies, yeah, it's his rookie card, but it doesn't say rookie card on it. So recently, starting with those sets I named, 2018 Immaculate with Jaden Sancho rookies, and now 2019 Chronicles and 2019 Prism EPL, this Mason Greenwood card is a rookie card right here. Rookie card logo. So that is standard now on Panini products. If you fast forward to Immaculate, on the right here, this is Mason Greenwood. This just released at the start of 2021. It is a 2019-2020 product. I could literally pull, I have an empty box here that says 2019-2020 Panini Immaculate on the box. This is the release that came after the 2018-2019 one. It was just so delayed because of COVID. And that's happened to many releases this year. So while yes, this released in 2021, or uh, yes, and at the beginning of 2021, this should absolutely have a rookie card logo on it to me because that's the most recent Immaculate set that came out after 2018, 2019. And it just got delayed because of COVID. Like, what can you do be- of- because of that? Like, they're not just going to, like, remove it. You know, they, they want to put that in there. So now let's fast forward even more to 2020, 2020 Prism Premier League EPL. So this, or Prism Premier League, Prism EPL, same thing. Uh, this is coming out in February. And I see Zach tossing in some info on this set here. A lot of people didn't think that the Greenwood Immaculate should have had a rookie card, and I absolutely think it should have had a rookie card because of the fact that it was the next one to release after 2018-2019. The issue with Mason Greenwood specifically is that players that weren't in the 2019 Prism EPL set, 2019-2020, this one on the left of the presentation, they were included in Chronicles as a Prism update card like you saw in Chronicles this year for basketball. So you got Mason Mount rookie card included in it, Included in there with a rookie card logo, uh, Tammy Abraham and a few other guys as well. But they didn't put Mason Greenwood in there with a rookie card, which I think that they absolutely should have. They blew that by not doing that because now they're going to try to play catch up with the next Prism Premier League release releasing in February. And I'm assuming that they're going to put the Mason Greenwood in there with a rookie logo because they missed it in 2019 Chronicles, 2019 slash 2020 Chronicles. And I think there's going to be a lot of people that are upset about it. Um, I think that they need to do it to bring value to the set because if they don't do it, there's not going to be much value in the rookie cards as I, I've been talking to Zach about. But I guess my whole point is this. There's no correct answer to it because of how 
much debate there is with when a player debuts, what club he debuts on, when's he a rookie? Is it his rookie card year? Is it just his few rookie cards that you know come out in that year specifically? It's kind of a mess. I do think that's kind of hindered some people getting involved, but I think that they're making progress with the rookie card logo as Tops just added to Sapphire this year, which was a huge deal. Uh, they had the rookie card logos to, to Sapphire cards with Fati and Holland on them. And that will do wonders for those cards versus the normal Champions League, which doesn't have it on it, the normal Topps Chrome Champions League. And we'll see it going forward, too, from Tops, as we have seen on the Tops Now cards. Uh, you're just going to have to do your research. Do what you feel comfortable with. If you want to consider the 2020 Prism EPL Mason Greenwood card a rookie, which I cannot confirm that's in there. I do not know. I don't have any insider knowledge. I'm just assuming that they're going to so they can sell product. Um, go for it. I'm sure it'll have value going forward. But I, I think Panini should put it into the Prism update set to avoid any issue like this. But do you do you know what that reminds me of, Nate? 2020 Top Series 1, Jordan Alvarez rookies. Played oh, the entire yeah. year before that. Held it back. Put in a 2020 Top Series 1. Feels the exact same way to me with this card. Well, uh, that's going to be... How much more ridiculous is it going to be when there's going to be rookies that came out in 2019 or 2020? They didn't put any rookies or good rookies in 2020 Tops Update. And then they're probably going to hold back guys that played in 2020 out of Top Series 1 in 2021 so that they can have something to sell for Series 2. It's just all kind of a marketing scheme at this point, no? Yep. There's no there's no real rule to it. It's how do we sell product, right? Yeah, and how can Series 2 come out with a rookie card when Series 2 comes out in what, July? Yeah. And those guys will have played for three months in into their second season, and they'll be getting rookie cards out. Because they already debuted the year before that too, right? Yeah, it's going to be ridiculous. Yeah, well, that's where we're at in the market. What can sell the most product, right? Yep, and Tops obviously is going to do it because they're not going to want to go through what they did with went with, through with Tops Update this year. The yep. only product you can still find on shelves. So. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, you guys can take that for what it's worth. Do some more research. Just know that, yes, it's confusing. I hope you guys learned a couple things through that discussion, though, just to see how how the rookie logo has progressed and uh, what it means. I, I, and I don't think it's going to hinder the growth. Um, I think that this will help what they're doing, but I think that there's going to be a lot of debate, which is good. I actually think that there should be debate about cards and what's worth value and what's not. If there was a straight by the rule um, thing I, I just don't think that there would be enough uh, subjectivity to how people buy cards and i kind of like that it's like that people, I nobody, would, nobody would make any money or anything because you would just have you would have guys that are two cents and you'd have guys that are 200 bucks and no in between yeah because you know I, I like what's up card hour thanks for joining you came right at the end of the soccer discussion but uh i, I just like the fact that that people can debate what's what it it provides uh discussion which i don't think you'd have if there was just one rookie card for every player, and then that's worth way too much. And I think it has to happen. I think that the market will di dictate long term what what's really a rookie. All right, I like this one too. With so much love going to first year Prism and Select in 2012, how come there's no love for first year National Treasures in 2009, which is also Stefan Harden's rookie year? So yeah, this was pretty much like the first Panini basketball product that they put out along with their Prestige set in 2009, um, and. They also put out a contend. No, I'm just trying to think of the different sets that they put out. Yeah, no, contenders. They did put out a contender set. But National Treasures, of course, like the highest end brand for basketball. The true rookie patch autos, number nine, 99, come out of this set. Well, the reason why this pro this product doesn't get the meet the attention, the love, the the social media mentions that Prism and Select does is because if you look up the four biggest players in this set. I, I didn't spell Blake Griffin's name, last name wrong, did I? No, I think that's right. Um, if you look up the four biggest players in this set, it returns 24 cards of those players. 24 only. And then if you look at cards that are worth under a or listed for under $1,000, there's only six. And all those cards are listed for 500 or, or over. So it's very, 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 very hard to get a set to get talked about like a 2012 Prism, a 2012 Select, you did. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I figured I did. It looked funny once I started to read it. So, okay. So there might be some more listed because I spelled, I, dude, I literally spelled DeRozan wrong too. No wonder why I only saw it. It's, it's an A. It's not an E. <laughs> okay. So 
I should have looked it up and I should have went back if I was in a little bit of a rush earlier. So there are 24 Curry and Harding cards listed from National Treasures. Ignore and the misspelled and misspelled Blake Griffin and DeMar DeRozan cards. <laughs> Ignore the DeMar DeRozan. Hey, which Blake is sometimes Griffin. a good way of finding a steal by going through a bunch of variations of a guy's name that's misspelled because people, for some reason, can't. They'll look at a card. The name will be right there. And by the time they get to the keyboard, they'll type it in wrong on their eBay uh, sales page. That's what I was doing. I was just fact-checking everyone that put up DeMar DeRozan and Blake Griffin cards. Perfect. So there are 24 misspelled Griffin DeRozan and correctly spelled Curry and Harding cards. And that just doesn't add up to a set that gets talked about like Prism and Select. It just doesn't. You, you can't get your hands on them if you don't have a massive budget. Um, it's very hard to grade these cards to make money off of grading. There's really not much margin unless you pull out of a pack and somehow you're lucky enough that's going to get a 9 or a 9.5. I assume that most of these cards that are out there right now are probably going to be like 7s or 8s. So that already takes away a whole market. The budget takes away a massive market. And then you're left with people that only have like 50 to 500K to spend on their RPAs talking about Harden and Curry. And then, but here's the thing. I will say this. I will say this because I'm not here to hate on National Treasures because I love it. And I do think this guy brings up a good point, Sunset Sports Cards. I'm just saying why it's like how it is. Because if you look at this card, I don't like James Harden. Let me put it out there. I'm not a James Harden fan. I would not buy his cards. I just don't, I'm not really a fan of him. There's too much stuff going on with that guy. His National Treasures dual rookie patch auto NBA gear, not the true rookie patch auto. His true rookie patch auto is like a 70 some thousand dollar PSA 10. But this card is just like a subset patch auto, numbered out 49 for $1,500 of best offer. You look at what his 2012 Prism Silver 9.5 is listed at, a third year card. And it's listed for 3K. A non-grade sold for 500 of that. Um, there have not been any graded sales to sell for a bit. But a non-grade sold for 500. I like this National Treasures Harden card. And that's not saying that it's the best buy. That's going to make the best return on investment. Because we know how the market reacts. That's why Sunset Sports Card even answered or brought this question in the first place. Is why is it that the right is listed for more than the left? And I know that list is not sold. But I'm assuming that PSA 10 of a Harden Silver is going to sell for more than that non-grade patch auto number 49 from 2009's rookie year. I would really like that buy if I were someone looking to buy a James Harden card. Hey, question. Yep. Is this playoff national treasures? So this is Panini National Treasures. So playoff national treasures was made for football before Panini bought all those rights to playoff to Donruss, to Fleer. They bought a bunch of those rights at the same time when they became that card brand. American yeah, yeah, they brand. bought, they bought so, I knew. I know they bought it, and I know that's how they got National Treasures for football. I didn't know if it was the same thing for basketball. So I don't believe that there was any playoff National Treasures basketball releases. I believe that is the first one that started in 2009 with Panini. Okay. But still, interesting. And Michael Brown, would you buy Kyrie Irving, Aaron? I'm not a huge Kyrie fan either. I buy Durant, though. I like Durant a lot, but uh, not a huge Kyrie fan. But show I me, would say... Show me one person who's a Kyrie fan. <laughs> yeah, I want to hear it. It's hard, I mean, to, it's, hard, it's hard to get a big fan base when you trade teams like four times and uh, don't play much, you know? And, and kind of alienate the fan bases you have. Alienate the Celtics, alienate the Cavs, yeah. alienate the Nets by not showing up to games. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. Does doesn't even have Duke Duke fans because uh like two games. They played two games. Yeah. Three games. All right. Back to the rookie logo, but this time for basketball from Pack the Ripper. Why do you why do people love the rookie logo so much? All the main other rookies, the Jordan, Kobe, LeBron, don't have that logo on it, and they still go for big bucks. So LeBron did have rookie logo on it, actually. 2003 Tops Chrome did have a rookie logo, just not the exact same um just not the exact same logo that they have now for panini but in terms of jordan and kobe those cards go for big bucks because there were no rookie logos then um they're the rookie cards there's no rookie logos people love the rookie logo because it means that's a rookie card now that's all i have to say about that like when you think the same date i'm i'm, I'm not gonna lie 
I was I was reading a comment on the side and my mind went off onto a tangent idea for Panini and I don't I didn't hear anything you said. All right, let me back it up a little bit. So LeBron rookie cards do have a rookie logo on it. His Topps Chrome does have a rookie logo, which just doesn't look the same as they do now. Jordan and Kobe cards don't have rookie logos because there's no such thing as a rookie logo then, so they're worth a lot of money. Rookie logos are now assigned to players their rookie year, hence why their rookie cards are worth a lot of money and people want to buy a rookie card. Doesn't it just kind of make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. You can't really compare something when there is no rookie logo back in the day. And now that there is now, um, there's just a reason why, you know. And uh, yes, Sa- Slapstock Sam in the building. Check out his Sam Dunks tomorrow. Big episode coming out. Always does a fantastic job, as Brody says. And uh, Sam, go ahead. You can talk about that. We have a Kyrie fan. I didn't think it was possible. <laughs> but we have one human being on this entire flat earth, according to Kyrie, that is a Kyrie fan. Amazing. Dude, look at this. Look at this. Sam says, look into the numbers of Kyrie Prism rookie sales versus listings. Thousands of listings, eight sales. I don't exactly know what the context is of that, but it looks like that Sam says, check out tomorrow's Sam Dunks to learn more. Hey, maybe. We maybe we talk, we're talking Kyrie tomorrow. All right. And JKS Select, if you're a Kyrie fan, well, you have pl- you don't have a ton of competition then for uh, his cards, apparently. <laughs> yeah. So lucky Definitely you. very true. Very, very true. Hey, guys, loving the work you're doing at Slab Stocks. I'd love to get your opinion on a few questions I have when buying graded cards. When buying PSA slabs, should I be targeting the newer slabs with the PSA sticker? I think he means to say the PSA Lighthouse label. It's not a sticker. It's actually infused in the label. I really hope that he doesn't think that uh, NBA sticker or the diamond stickers are PSA. So don't buy those. Um, is there any risk in buying the older ones other than scratches or damage to the slab? Also, if I'm buying BGS or the 9.5 gem mint slabs, the subgrades considered more valuable than the 9.5 gem mints without subgrades. Uh, number two is easy, easy, easy to answer, and the answer is yes. Um, you can go look up a bunch of cards, and you'll see that pretty clearly uh, the subgrades make it more valuable. Which is kind of funny because PSA doesn't have them. But talking about question number one. So the new labels are worth more than the old labels, especially on like, if you go and find like a 96 Kobe PSA 10, the new label will be worth more than the old label. Old label meaning like there's really, it, it looks very, like you can tell it's old. The print looks old. What, what year are we talking here for old label? When when did the Lighthouse label come about? Lighthouse label came about in the next, in the last, sorry, the last like two years. The label before that, it had the PSA logo on it, but was more of just a reflective uh, silver-like, uh, not even silver, more like just like, a, I don't know how to explain it. Um, it, it. You can, I don't even have a card next. Oh, I do have a card next to me. All right. Let me show this. This is the new one. This is what a lighthouse label looks like. That little PSA thing right there. The old one, it doesn't look like this. It's a little bit more faint. You can't really see it as well, but that's the Lighthouse label. If you look at... That was a fail. <laughs> if you look at the the very old ones, there's nothing there. There's nothing there at all. And those cards sell for less for a couple of different reasons, some of which I'm not completely educated on, so make sure to do your research. But something is the security of it. Um, those can be copied very easily, the old labels and faked versus these new ones that are very hard to fake. And if you use like the, you know, the proper, whatever UV light or whatever, you can, uh, actually see this certain hologram, just like a hundred dollar bill or whatever you look at, hold up to the light. But, uh, that hurts the value if you have an old one. And I guess my, my point is here is that if you can target newer slabs, target newer slabs, if you can. If you have to buy an older slab, do it, but there's more risk in it, I'd say. And I don't want to say that it's like, you know, all the old ones are fake because they're not. But I just know that the new ones um, are valued higher. Nate, here's a good question for you so we can get some baseball talking here. I saw it. Yeah, Nate, you selling Tatis and Soto right now. The early run-up in baseball has thrown me for a curveball. Um, if I can go to basketball a little bit here, Zion obviously has been amazing. He's been pretty – well, maybe not amazing, but he's been good. 20-plus points, a ton of his games. Um, and I've, I've watched a couple games, and it doesn't really seem like they run a ton of plays for him, so there's still room for him to grow. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. I just love Zion. Uh, 
but you're looking at guys like Zion playing well, great prices are dropping because they're not blowing the, you know, the roof off of the place. Right. And so I feel like if Tatis and Soto come out and they don't hit five home runs in their first week or maybe five home runs in spring training, prices are going to drop just because of how high they are right now. They're highest they've ever been. Um, and so I would probably say, yeah, take your money. And at some point in the season, you'll probably be able to buy a Tatis Series 2 PSA 10 for like $210, $225, and you'll walk away with the extra $75 you made in profit and still have the same card. So uh, I, I don't I don't see a way forward where unless they hit a bunch of home runs right away at the start where these prices aren't going to go down some just because of how people reacted to the basketball market, and it's probably going to happen to the baseball market. Aaron, well, I, I will 100% agree, but don't sell it thinking that this might be the peak because as we see, seasons recycle and you kind of get back to where you were the last year, if that player is so super relevant and going to be all-time player, and they'll kind of go through a similar pattern, especially I'm um, going to like playoff push. You see a lot of the players are really huge like in the playoff push. Uh, those will go up a lot, kind of drop back down a bit. It has a big playoff performance, kind of go back up a bit. Um, it's yeah. really fluctu- it really fluctuates. But if you want to get your your sure money, I'd agree to sell before the season. Um, yeah, and definitely I should have made that clear. I am definitely not saying that you know three hundred or three twenty five, whatever the uh, uh, or three fifty, whatever the Fernando Tatis tops Chrome PSA ten is. I'm not saying that that is the cap it will ever go. I'm just saying you can probably play the dip coming up and make some money and get the same card back in your possession with another like $75 in hand. Absolutely. All right. Decided to move on from prison base as there, as there has been a decline for them in market recently thought this could be temporary though. This could be temporary. I still find it to be safer bet to get lower pop count cards instead. What prism parallels would you suggest around the price of the base that also have high demand? Was looking at a select court side as well. Although it's base, it still has a way lower pop count compared to prism base. So you're not going to find any prism parallels uh that have high demand and are the same price as the base. That's actually impossible because if a parallel has high demand, it's for sure selling for more, like way more. Um, because I'd say the Prism Red, White, and Blue has the lowest demand, and it's worth about the same as the base. So that's probably your only option if you're looking for the same price as the base, but for a parallel out of Prism, and I would uh, pass on that, and I go find something else. And to me, Select Courtside, or sorry, Select Concourse, yes, lower pop. Are all of them graded yet? Definitely not. Not as many are graded as the Prism, so more are going to hit that pop count. And I do like Select Concourse a lot for rookies, but... If it's me, I'm a big fan of rare low pop cards. To me, this would be the biggest no-brainer of all time if I'm buying something for my collection or something to invest in or something just to sit down and see what happens. I'm 99% of the time buying that select top selections, insert silver, rookie, PSA 10, pop 12 um, for the same price as a prison base, which is going to be a pop 20K by the middle way of 2020. Sorry, middle way of 2021. So, while yeah, that top selections insert probably isn't going to ever have the demand of the prison base because if it had the same demand, it'd probably be worth like 20k based off of a uh, market cap. Actually, have to be worth way more than that, but it's just not going to have the same demand. I do like that car a lot more for a couple different reasons. Uh, stability when prices decline, it probably won't drop as much as those base PSA 10s, probably also won't drop as fast. You also won't see as high of supply in the market, so you can kind of dictate your price more. With how someone buys it, if someone really wants it, you can kind of dictate your price versus having a surefire comp out there of a prison base PSA 10. But let's be honest, that also hurts it. That hurts the growth. Not having those those comps out there, it hurts what the potentials of the card versus the base PSA 10s. But I'm just providing options. You know, if that's what I would do, um, you can find a bunch of other inserts from a bunch of different sets that you might like better that you might want to buy, which I would suggest doing your research on and finding. Um, I say in the market is there's two places in the market. There's one that people buy and sell bulk prison-based PSA 10s and bulk silver PSA 10s. There's one that invests in those same cards, but they're really low serial number ones because they're rare and they hold a lot of value and they increase a lot in value. And then there's a side of the market that buys cards because they are both scarce and they're affordable and they look 
better than the rest. And that's the market I like to be in. On myself, I'm talking about my personal collection. And that's the market I think that will do well over time. Um, people buy because they think that something looks beautiful and they think that something someone else will also think look beautiful at some point. That's the market I'd rather be in, um, especially if you're not a gambler. So the popular. So, yes, I see. I, I don't forget the popularity. Um, I don't know if you're talking to me, Danny. I don't forget it because I completely understand it. And I also think that prison based PSA 10s are good buys because as you see going into the season, the first thing that people buy who want to invest in a player, they go look up that prison based PSA 10. They buy it because they know that those are going to be traded frequently. They know that there's going to be data out there. They know that there's going to be, uh, you know, uh, comps sets like they're for sure going to fluctuate the most, but you also can lower your exposure by not being uh, fully leveraged on prison based PSA 10s or nines. That's kind of how I think about it. And yeah, not all the time is is it going to return you the best ROI by going for something that's a you know lower pop, but uh, I I think it'll help lower your exposure a lot. Do a mix of both. And also something to be said is that if the demand always outweighs the supply, it won't matter. If there's 25k Zion PSA tens out there, but the next thing we know, five million people are buying selling cards constantly. That card's going to be worth more than it is now. Yep. But then, you know, we'll see. We'll see 50K Lamello PSA 10s. Yep. And we'll see 75K Cade Cunningham PSA 10s. And yep. Exactly. They'll just keep moving. But here's and the, the thing. box prices won't go down, though. I want to make a point on that is that those cards will all adjust based on the supplies we've seen throughout the years. So just because there's 75K prism lamella ball psa 10s doesn't mean that it's not worth buying and trying to flip the value will just be lower when you're buying it it'll be lower when you're trying to sell it there'll still be money to be, to be made on this stuff all right what are your thoughts on team usa cards with the upcoming olympics assuming it doesn't get canceled do you see cards with players in the usa jersey going up or will it not have that much of an effect on the card market i personally love usa cards i love the 2012 prism usa set i think it's one of the best insert sets of all time if I was there on January 3rd and had that much money to throw out a card, I would have bought that Anthony Davis 10 times out of 10. It's a gold rookie Team USA card. Uh, that is one of the coolest cards I think that's out there right now is that rookie Anthony Davis USA card. And then the Kobe from 2014 Select, which is the first con uh, sorry the first courtside select set ever, came in 2014 and featured USA cards in it. Uh, that silver PSA 9 sold for 910. I absolutely love the cards. I don't know if because the Olympics come – these specific sets will see a ton of demand. I would not be surprised, though. I would not be surprised at all. But I don't want to sit here and say it's definitely going to happen because it's not a surefire thing because I don't know how much people are going to care. But uh, I personally love them. I think that they're awesome. I love USA basketball. Um, but that's just a me personal thing, you know? Yeah. Also, yeah, if you're this, what he uh, Zach said for sure is that we don't really know if the Olympics are going to happen. So if you're banking on selling them, you know, for the Olympics, I probably wouldn't do that. I'd definitely buy because you believe in them long-term and you think that they're a really cool set. I would not bank on anything happening this summer. I totally agree with that. Um, Hey, quick question yeah. here. Nate, what do you think of Alex Rodriguez? His rookie card is still cheap. Uh, I have a more in-depth thought, but quickly on Alex Rodriguez. Um, obviously one of the greatest players of all time did steroids, didn't need steroids to be really good. So that's the frustrating part. Uh, and so there's a reason why his cards are cheap. Just a lot of people don't like him. Now, here's where my thoughts went is that, you know, him, Tony Romo, guys like that, they move from the field to the booth and people really like them right away. Like, like the narrative flipped on Alex Rodriguez from, ah, man, this guy sucks. to ah, man, this guy's great. And the narrative didn't quite flip from, ah, Tony Romo sucks, but like, ah, Tony Romo is a quarterback that's good when healthy, never really healthy, maybe not that good to all of a sudden, oh, man, we love this guy in the booth. He's so energetic. And then you go a couple years later, and now people are kind of sick of the same routine, of Tony Romo always being energetic and Alex Rodriguez being Alex Rodriguez. And so you see a flip where all of a sudden people are like, I don't really want Tony Romo talking about my team on Sunday. I don't want Alex Rodriguez in the World Series broadcast booth. Um, and so I would have thought that, like for Alex Rodriguez, his popularity would have gone up 
with that, that was like his one last sliver where people would have been interested because, uh, you know, the steroid thing brings his market down to a ton of people do not want to invest in Alex Rodriguez because of it. Well, if you are a popular figurehead on the, you know, on TV, maybe that can boost it up a little bit. But by and far, people get sick of those people. And you're looking at the same thing with Shaq and Charles Barkley on uh, TNT. Um, like we were watching the other day when Shaq was really awkward with Donovan Mitchell, Aaron. Uh, and it's one of those things where, you know, that can boost somebody for a while, but people just get sick of the same old, same old all the time. And Shaq and Charles Barkley are suffering the same fate. And this has nothing to do with cards. I just thought it was interesting that all these guys that people like instantly are now kind of all going down the tubes. And so Aaron and I also hope to avoid that fate when you're watching us. Hopefully in five years, you're not going to sit here and say, ah, oh, Aaron and Nate, I hate those guys. Yeah, we'll but try we'll to keep, keep the fire coming. Uh, try to keep things switching up so we don't get too boring. But um, I, I, I do think that's a pretty good point, Nate, for sure. And uh, I, w- I actually would, like, I'm not going to say that Alex Rodriguez's market has, like, gone up a whole lot. But I think the general consensus on Alex Rodriguez is better now than it was when he retired. Do you, would you say the same thing, Nate? I mean, it's better, but it was it was better when he got right into the booth than it is now. Okay. I'm not disagreeing with that, but I still think it was it's better now than it, when he retired. <laughs> Thanks, Sam. Yeah, LOL, just don't insult Donovan Mitchell and you'll stay relevant forever. That was the I, most- I, You know, I said on the show that I didn't think you had what it took to uh, uh, be the best podcaster on Slapstocks, Aaron, and I uh, wanted you to hear that. Uh, what do you got to say? Yeah, I'd be like, dude, screw you. <laughs> you could tell he wanted to say some bad things, but he uh, handled it pretty well. He, he, he handled it very well. And the worst part about it, and excuse me while I'm on a ranch about Shaq, a ranch, a rant okay. about <laughs> a ranch about Jack or a rant uh, is that the other day he's talking about Christian Wood and he didn't know who he was before the game was played. Dude, he Christian really Wood, said who did really well in the G League a couple years ago with the Bucks, and then performed really well. I forget where he he, he got released. He got picked up. I don't remember where he Detroit. went. Detroit. Was it Detroit the entire time? I'm or did he sure. sign with Detroit? Afterwards, I don't remember. Maybe Sam will remember. But then he was playing in Detroit and is really good last year after Andre Drummond was gone. You should know his name at that point. If you are on TNT talking about basketball, how can you not know Christian Wood's name? If you're a casual fan, I understand because he plays in Detroit. But if you are on TNT talking about hoops, you got to know his name. You have to know his name. And then he signs a big offseason deal. He's played multiple games, and you still don't know his name until like seven games into the season? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. They should get rid of him. They should cut Shaq to the curb just for that because that was the most ignorant thing I've ever heard on a, on a basketball program was not knowing one of the, a player that signed a three-year $33 million deal. That'd be like, that'd be like uh, uh, you know, J.A. Happ signing a three-year deal. or, or Okay, J.A. Happ's too old. Um, any other Lance Lynn signing a three-year deal and then Harold Reynolds being like, Oh, I'd never heard of Lance Lynn before tonight. That would never fly. I, uh, I don't really understand why he even admitted to it. Cause it sounded so dumb. Like if you're like, that's your job. I know you do other things, but that's your job. You gotta know who you gotta know who one of the best centers in the NBA is right now, especially if you played center back in your day. Like, come on, man. <laughs> Do you guys see the prices of sets like Prism and Optic dropping w- with the less heralded rookie dra- uh, NBA draft class of 2021? Or or are normal collectors going to be priced out of the market again? Definitely going to be priced out of the market based on uh, the early indications of 2021 products. So the good news is that the prices are pre-ordering. They're going to pre-order less than what 2019 is worth right now. But let's remember... 2019 prism and the like pre-ordered at like $400 hobby box. Now a year and a half later or a year and three months later, or even a year and a month later, it's uh worth, you know, 3.6 K. So that's worth 3.6 K right now. I pre-ordered at $400. 
like to the public. This is not pre-order from distribution. This is pre-order and like release price to the public. So for Prism this year to be probably pre-ordering about 3K a box, I'm going to guess, 25 to 3K a box, that is really bad. And it's probably not going to end well unless you grade every single thing you can and wait your time. Um, there's going to be craze. There's definitely going to be craze. Retail is going to be insane because people can get their hands on product for cheap. But who really is going to get their hands on product for cheap? It's going to be the bots. It's going to be people that camp out. So not really, uh, not really any opportunity to get that if you're a you know a casual or not even a casual, just a guy that collects but doesn't have a bot or camps out. So just you know all of us, and uh, that's kind of a huge bummer. So I would say yeah, Prism and Optic are are not going to be you know for the people that actually want to open it and enjoy it. Um, here at Slab Stocks Breaks, I'm going to do my absolute best to get the product as cheap as I can to offer it for as cheap as I can um, to you all. I don't know how well that's going to go yet because there is no pre pre-orders that are out yet. Um, so I'm definitely going to be having to bank on retail. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But um, I'm just know that I'm not using bots. I'm not camping out stores. I'm not clearing shelves. And I'm not pre-ordering for ridiculous prices. So I'm going to try to do my best to do what I can to get product out there for you all that y'all can get for affordable prices. But uh, it's going to be difficult. I will say that. There's so much competition now with breakers and with different things going on. But I'll do my best. Hey, uh, not to hammer home the same point, but you see this? NBA on TNT going through the growing pains of a movie cycle sequel, trying to double down on some things that made it popular initially, but going so too far. Um, Aaron, have you seen Anchorman? Yes, I've seen one and two. Okay. Which one did you like more? Number one. Yeah, number one was good. Yeah. And then they tried to double down on everything in number two, and it just wasn't funny. At least for me, I enjoyed Anchorman 1. I thought Anchorman 2 was just as stupid as it gets. And that's basically what Sam is saying here, that NBA TNT is going through. But that's not about cards, so we can move off of it. <laughs> All right. With seemingly, with seemingly more people entering the hobby each day and cards continuing continuing to set all-time highs, if there are multiple cards you, you're wanting to add to your collection, your budget is limited, what advice would you give on how to best prioritize your purchases in order to maximize your collection and your investment? This is like the number one thing, I think, for a lot of people coming into the hobby. Like, how do I get involved while not spending too much money, while making sure I'm not going to get burnt? Um, it's probably like you come in and you want to know what's going on. Um, what do you do when you come in with, let's say, $100? Like, you know, back in the day, you could say, I'm going to start up with $50, $100. And I can get my hands on some pretty good darn stuff. Man, you now it's like you come into a hobby of $50 or $100 and you might get like, what, one JJJ PSA 9 and like a Shea Gilgis Alexander uh, based rookie non graded. You could buy 50 of those for $50 back in the day. Um, so th it's, there's definitely a, some difficulty of people starting out. Um, but I think if you come in and you come in with the same mindset that I came in with way back when, and other people came back, came in within the last year and a half to say like, Hey, I'm going to start with this and I want to build up to this. And you try not to go out of your comfort zone. Um, cause you don't want to, you know, come in with too much money right away and then get burnt bad. Cause you don't know what you're doing. Uh, that's definitely going to happen. If you don't know what you're doing, you need to learn what you're doing. You need to do research. Like we always say, um, and you just need to put in the time. And it's reading cardboard connections, it's reading eBay sales, it's tracking certain cards, seeing how they move, it's seeing what certain people talk about, it's seeing how they talk about it, it's seeing if that's something that you align with. If it's not, stay away. Um, that's that's some really good tips to start. But when it comes to actually like how how in the heck do you start right now on a low budget? I think it has to be buying some non-graded cards and trying to grade and waiting your time. Um, just to get some some profit rolling, but also at the same time holding some cards and buying some that are graded that you can flip to. Um, maybe you do buy a PSA nine of JJJ. When he comes back, he drops 25, 30 points in his first game. You flip it for 75. Then you take that 75, you split it up. Um, I don't think there's any right way to do it. I don't want to sit here and just say like this is exactly how to do it because there is no real way. You just got to do what's comfortable for yourself, I think. Um, I would like to go back to the Aaron's point of uh you know, see what people are saying and see if you agree with it. And that's the huge thing. Sometimes people just see what other people are saying and just follow it blindly. Like if somebody told you to buy select and then bought 
I don't know, $500,000 worth of select, right? You'd be following that blindly. Um, but uh, you got to you gotta kind of look at it with a, with a keen eye and see, see why they are saying what they're saying. Is somebody telling you to buy, you know, Prism because they just like it? Or are they telling you to buy Prism because they are heavily invested in it and they want everyone to buy it? Or, you know, buying Eloy Jimenez because they think he's a good player or buying Eloy Jimenez because they own 30 of them and would like the prices to go from $50 to 75 And you can usually tell the type of person by uh, what they're saying. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Pretty easily. Definitely agree with that. Um, basically, like, that's not to say like don't watch others and don't listen to others and definitely listen to more than just us or listen or you know do as much research as you can on your own because you need to hear what others are saying to learn the market if you don't know what's going on if you don't listen to what what others are saying to at least start to learn you won't even know where you're starting um you might google luka Doncic rookie psa 10 and say holy cow i love this chronicles luka Doncic." non-chrome, non-numbered, base PSA 10. Well, that card is really meaningless to 99% of the market. And you might buy it, and you might see zero price movement on that or even a dip. You're like, well, I bought Luka Doncic when his Prism card went up 30 50%. Why didn't my card go up even 20 to 30%? It's because he bought a card that no one cares about. Um, and you learn that through listening to others. And that's not to say you have to buy it on what others say, but you need to do that just so you understand how the market moves. Um, and then you'll start to learn a lot and start to be able to make your own decisions, which you should be doing too with that. And if you listen to others and you say, hey, screw them, like, I don't care about that. You know, I want to buy my Chronicles Luca paper PSA 10 and then go for it. Yep. But at least you heard people out and, and tried to learn some things. Nate, this is all you. Uh, well, the party's over for all of us. Oh, this is from Jeff. In a Yankees jersey because he bailed Chip real quick on the Bills. Well, I'm wearing a Bucks shirt and you're wearing a Brewer shirt. So what does that say about us? <laughs> right there, baby. Right there. Did not go our way yesterday, but that's okay. Um, just teasing, Jeff. Great season by the Bills. He just ran into a juggernaut that is the Kansas City Chiefs that finally woke up. Everyone wanted to know when they were going to wake up. They woke up yesterday. Uh, well, the party's over for us. It was fun while it lasted. On to baseball. I was on break Thursday. Got the Royals. It was still fun. Thanks. I'll join again. Thank you for joining. If anybody else wants to join the baseball breaks Thursday, we've got another baseball break, break 2020 Bowman baseball and 2020 Bowman draft Sapphire. And that is on slabstocks.com slash shop. If you want to uh, get in on that. Uh, um. My question is, do you think the Yankees will name anyone captain again? There has been one since Jeter, and I personally think Judge will get it one day. I also think this will have a huge impact on his cards as getting a, the title of Yankees captain is a historic achievement in itself, not to mention he could get MVP or championships thoughts. Um, so here's the thing. Now, I put up I put up a, a Topps Chrome Aaron Judge, just so you had something to look at on the screen price-wise, and it's $130 for a PSA 10. Aaron Judge is, number one, Aaron Judge is one of those weird guys that has a million rookie cards. He's got Topps Chrome. He's got Topps Chrome Update. He's got Topps Series 1. Um, Heritage. He paper? What? He's got Heritage. He's got Stadium Club. He's got Gypsy Queen. He's got Bowen Platinum. He's got Bowen's Best. <laughs> Keep exactly. going, yeah. Um, he's got Topps Update Paper. Uh uh, rookie debuts, right? Yep. And also, so, so he's got a million, million cards for starters. So he can't be like, uh, you know, where, where will the price come at there? Because uh, there's just so many to choose from. I don't think he would ever, even if he gets the captain, I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. What I do think is going to be a big deal is Aaron Judge being healthy and playing. He already came up at the age of like 25. He's already like 29 now. Um, and so that dips his market a little bit because he's older. You're not going to see an extended Derek Jeter-like career where he plays into his 40s and is amazing, especially because he's always injured. Like uh, Michael Brown says over here, Judge can't stay, stay healthy to say for his... Judge can't stay healthy to save his life. Got it. Uh, and so while I like the sentiment of uh, Judge potentially being a captain, I just don't think it's going to be him... 
And I don't think the prices are going to move too much because always injured, already old, too many cards. I'd have to agree with Nate there. But like Nate said, he stays healthy, and uh, that's really going to bring demand. You know, people are going to want to see him stay healthy. And uh, one card I do really like of his that I don't know with how the how the markets move recently. I know that this card was very valuable in the past comparatively to like a Series 1 and Topps Chrome. But his archives, rookie PSA 10 in the past, was like one of his top rookie cards. Of course, now new people get into the market. They really try to hone in on what's what's good, what's valuable, what people like. And, you know, that's Topps Flagship and Topps Chrome. Um, I don't know how much that Archives Rookie is worth compared to like a Topps Chrome now, but I do really like that Archives Rookie. I think it's a beautiful looking card. And uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes if he can stay healthy. Needs needs to stay healthy for his cards that really do well. Yeah, needs to stay healthy. And he hasn't done that in years. Yeah, that is true. I mean, that rookie season was electric, was uh, record setting, was amazing. And I I really do feel bad for the guy, honestly. You never like to see a player who's so talented, um, you know, get get hurt a lot. And just not have that career like people want, you know? It's like it's like Giancarlo Stanton or Giancarlo yeah. Stanton. Yeah, same, same thing with him, too. But uh, I guess that wraps up today, you know, over a little bit over an hour. I love these things, though. I, I really think that this is uh, one of the best ways for us to, to get our thoughts out there, to interact with you all, to get your thoughts out there, because people actually can see these chats, can read the chats afterwards. Um, on Instagram, you can't read a chat after we post the live stream it's just gone it's just all that what nate and i are saying but i do really do love the ability for you all to interact on here and to get your thoughts out there with ours and uh have a nice little discussion and i do really like uh how nate and i can get up here and just be honest with you guys with what we think and that you know we're not always right but we just love sharing what we what we'd like to talk about really is what it comes down to and that that's a big point is that we're not always right nobody's always right and so you gotta you gotta Listen to everyone you can if you're trying to learn. Yeah, then of course make make, back make the question from a little bit ago. Yeah, make make uh definitely make up your own mind for yourself too. But uh, we appreciate everyone that joined. I see that Brody says make them longer, take more cues, otherwise great stuff. So I appreciate you sticking in here and uh, wanting more content. But we do have another live stream next week, uh, Brody. Maybe that oh, means no. uh, what? Good afternoon, slab stocks. <laughs> Oh, the channel, Mag- Magic 187. Wanted to see if you had any thoughts on any of the Kobe Redemption card autos will be possibly worth. Um, I don't know what Redemptions will be worth, but those Kobe Redemption packs that got sent out, the Mosaic Snake Skin ones, those are some of the coolest looking cards of the year. I really hope to get my hands on one someday because those cards are awesome. And, uh, you know, Rip Kobe, I love, I love the guy. So really, really excited for tomorrow to see, you know, how everyone's talking about Kobe and the one-year anniversary. But Really excited to have you here too, Magic's 187, by the way. Thank you for joining. Thank you for being new to the channel. Please hit that subscribe button if you're new. Um, if you want to see more content, if you want to get notifications of when we go live, which is Monday through Friday weekly, we do Monday Q&A, Tuesday basketball break, Wednesday soccer break, Thursday baseball slash football break, Friday NBA showcase break. So we're here five days a week for you all. Talking cards, love it. All you guys out here, really appreciate it. Magic got his autograph. That is awesome. Wow. Keep that card. Kobe autos. It is what it is. There's going to be no more out there. So keep them and uh, enjoy them. Thank you, everyone, for watching. I see all the great comments. It's an awesome live stream. I appreciate you all. Nate does, too, I know, even though I'm talking over him right now. But we'll, uh, we'll see you next time. Right, Nate? Yep. See you guys. See ya.